get my notes out. I I was thinking this week about how we are starting to move into another different way of being, how the pandemic is kind of um, uh, easing or the quarantine, the, the restrictions are easing. And the, the, the phrase that popped into my head is the brave new world. Maybe not necessarily is directly like the, the book, but just like, oh, one more new thing. And so I was, um, I was thinking about that. Things are reopening. Uh, people are thinking about business as usual, but not really business as usual, although that's what folks really would, I think a lot of people would hope to get to. And um, I was thinking about, you know, or people have a tendency to think about it's stopping and it's starting and it's ending and it's old and it's new and there'd be discrete units like there was the, the before times and then there was the, the pandemic and then there's the next part. And so these, these very um, almost packaged type ideas, it's how we, how our minds sometimes function. It's easy to to label and um, uh, codify and put into their buckets. And it's not actually that simple. It's a lot messier as life is, you know, messy. And what it reminded me of was the book, The Way of Transition by William Bridges. I've mentioned that before, but I don't think I've mentioned it in a while. It's a it's a really excellent book. I'll, I think I'll, I'll put it in the chat. Um, William Bridges wrote a book in the early 80s, late 70s called Transitions, which was really excellent. I read it a couple of times. I, I read it on my own or someone recommended it and then I had to read it as part, as part of a training like 20 years later. And it was excellent. And ba his basic premise is that when something ends, we have this tendency to move on to the next thing. And we don't spend any time in the, the transition from the one thing to the next thing. We're, we want to just go. Even if, the, even if the, um, the ending and the new beginning is good, I, I remember he gave one example of a woman who was pregnant and she was very excited. She and her partner were very excited about having a child and she gave birth and did not actually recognize the transition that there was a transition from not having a child to having a child. And that's it's a thing. And to acknowledge that. And she was having a really in spite of the great joy, there was also this difficulty that she was experiencing until she recognized that, oh, there's a shifting that has to occur. And um, so I got to thinking about and then in the 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 second book he wrote, like in the late 90s is called The Way of Transition, which was, again, very much about endings and beginnings. But he came from a different perspective. He, this one he wrote after his wife died. And in one more time, it's a very Buddhist, not Buddhist book. I mean, he's not Buddhist at all. He doesn't mention Buddhism. I mean, maybe he does, but not because it's a Buddhist book. But it's it's so um, um, full of the principles and, and the way of 
relating to the world that the Buddha taught. Um, and, you know, there is an end and there's a transition. And um, we had an end to what was. And we are now kind of ending what um, we've been through the last year for t 12 months, 13 months, March, April, May. So 12, 14 months now. Um, and there's this, this, I, I can feel it sometimes in my, myself and a lot, there's this leaning into next, 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 instead of really holding. I mean, I think a lot of people held the, uh, or acknowledged the transition because the, the ending was so abrupt. I mean, the ending we had last year was so abrupt. I don't remember what day it was, but there was the one day that two NBA players, two NBA basketball players were diagnosed with COVID and the NBA shut down. <clears throat> and I think it was the same day Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, uh, acknowledged that they had COVID. It was like, what? If Tom Hanks has COVID, then this must be serious um, or real or whatever. And, and the next day, everything shut down. I know baseball shut down. Um, things were, shows were canceled. School was canceled. And for the most part, there was this tremendous loss travel. You, you couldn't see people. I mean, can I go to the store? I mean, I remember at first going, are the pet stores open? Can I buy cat food? You know, or what if my car breaks down? Are mechanics open? I mean, there was this real sense of um, disorientation. And then we had this period of, of getting used to the new normal. And, and I, you know, we, we are really stuck on the word normal. When there, I don't believe there's a thing, there's such a thing as normal. It's just the way it is right now. Normal is, again, like I mentioned earlier, one of those little um, units that we want to we want to create and hold on to because it's it's gives us a sense of security when in reality security is is um, just a fabrication. There's no uh, there's no there's nothing we can just grab onto and go this will always save me. Or this is what I can depend on. Instead, we have to learn to develop these ways of being in this moment. Um, so we had this great loss. And I talked about it last year. Some of you were sitting with me and I talked about, you know, everybody kind of was like, okay, what's going on? And then some of the people started, you know, going to, I remember, I think it was Wisconsin the first time the, the, some people went to the state capitol and said, you know, open the schools or don't, I don't want to wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. And I think my take on that, and I've actually heard other people since then say, that's because those folks didn't know how to feel the discomfort that the ending of everything brought up. You have, we have to learn to f handle our discomfort. And if we don't know how to be with pain, disorientation, dissatisfaction, not getting what we want, oftentimes we react. And some people react loudly and say, give me back what I want or give me what I want um, and be, as a way to bypass the reality of their experience, which is a lot of loss and a lot of sadness. 
and requires and and there's a lot of grief and there's mourning that needs to be acknowledged and it's so easy to not do that and say if you fix this if you stop doing this then we'll be okay so there was the the pandemic add to that the political mess it was just like you know a super duper mess last year and then you know the the murder of George Floyd just a year ago this week highlighted the you know the violent violence against black and brown bodies that is just everywhere and then there's the um the rise in um hate crimes and violence against Asian American Pacific Islanders, that community, that was everywhere. So there was so much pain last year, so much pain. And that is part of this transition as well. It's like we have to acknowledge what's happening. Instead, we said a pandemic here how do we get onto the other side of this? How do we get past this? How do we fix this? Quick, 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 create a vaccine. Yes, that's necessary. But holding it up as a panacea to fix all our problems and our issues is incredible. Um, it's not wise. And it's not and, and it's not going to do any anything. Because, you know, I, I was thinking about it. And again, it's an incredibly sad, sad thing. But once things started opening up, uh, we started having mass shootings again. I don't think we had a mass shooting the entire for a year. We had no school shootings, um, which is incredibly sad and incredibly painful, you know. So to acknowledge that as well is incredibly important. There's no there there. In fact, I have a so somebody did a little piece of artwork. Um, as a gift for me and and it's it says there's no there there in it you know that we are um always on the lookout for there or it and i heard um what was i thinking about we have this idea of clawing our way back to where we were we have to get back to where we were which is never going to happen um because back there doesn't exist um this country has a a great habit of wanting to go back when it was great. In fact, that was, you know, the, the former uh, president's um, motto was make this country great again. Let's go back the way it was. And it's like we have amnesia in this country. We have amnesia in this country. Um, I think I mentioned this book, The Sympathizer, which I just finished um it was, uh, it's about the, it's a novel. It won the Pulitzer Prize in 2015. I just heard about it and read it, um, just finished it a week or so ago. It's about the fall of Saigon and it's in the f first person. And then uh, the, the protagonist, um, he uh, is both, uh, works in, for the South Vietnamese secret police and is also a sympathizer for the North Vietnamese. So he says he, his problem is he sees both sides. Anyway, so he leaves, he leaves, um, escapes um, Saigon, comes to the United States, Southern California. And he talks about America. He pulls no punches, um, pulls no punches for Americans, for French, for Vietnamese. It's a really excellent, excellent book. And he talks about Americans with this amnesia and this inability to 
this sense of innocence. And when you have this sense of innocence, there's this inability to think you can do anything wrong or that there is anything wrong. And if something is wrong, there's someone else or something else to blame. And so, and I've seen this myself over and over again. I've heard stories over the years about how we've lost our innocence. I remember we lost our innocence um, during Vietnam. Um, I know we lost our innocence at 9-11. I've heard that one before. I'm sure somebody's gonna say how we've lost our innocence during the pandemic. And I'm not being facetious. I'm saying this is, you can track it. You can track how people say this over and over again. And so that that's dealing with the, that's the, uh, the cultural conditioning that we have. This inability to be present with the messiness of what's right here. Um, and so that's, that's the cultural water we're swimming in and then our and so that's the messaging we hear a lot get back to get back to get back to you know better though get back to all the good stuff but shinier and better and don't ever let this happen again and who can we blame I remember in the 94 1994 earthquake was uh, in Los Angeles and it was a really powerful earthquake and a couple of apartment buildings right at the epicenter collapsed. So they needed to find somebody to blame. And it's like, I don't know if you're at the epicenter of a 7.0 earthquake, if the building might survive. I mean, odds are it's going to collapse. You know, it's this... Um, this need to move beyond any discomfort or pain or suffering. It ha we have to find a way to make it perfect all the time. Instead of acknowledging that it's not going to be perfect. And, and getting back to this idea of transition, um, we're always in transition. Things are always ending, things are always beginning, and what we have to do is be present. We have to continually reorient ourselves to what's going on. It's like being on one of those balancing things, or even riding a bicycle, you're constantly... You know, I, I, I remembered this, somebody mentioned this um, example a couple of weeks ago. When you're on a bicycle, you're not just 100% straight up and down. There's a little um, movement continually balancing. And that's what we have to do. There's this continual balance. What's happening? He says it, Burgess says it in the book. Um, we are, there's a continual reorienting. We're, when we're in transition, what is this? How do I respond to this moment or situation? You know, reorienting is transition's normal function. It's, it's reorienting, ending, reorient, you know, beginning, reorient. And it's not necessarily a beginning of something that's, that's again, that, that block, that solid thing that, oh, we've arrived now. It's this shifting and coming and going. That's, that's, you know, impermanence. That's impermanence. That's things are constantly um, um, in movement. And, and I think his premise in the second book is that we're always in transition. 
things end and things start, but it's not like the whole thing ends and then this starts. There's this ending and that starting and, and you know, there's overlapping constantly. And to remember that we're not trying to get somewhere. We're already here. We are already here. And we have to be where we are. We have to tend to our hearts. We have to tend to our experience. And be cautious of the experience, of the ten of the um, the tendency to get somewhere. You know, I was um, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who is has been working as a teacher's assistant, and she's been working in a like a first grade classroom or six or seven year olds. Yes, first second grade. And it's a hybrid, so some of the kids are still at home and some of the kids are in the classroom, and she's kind of working with the kids in the classroom, but they all come back 100% in the fall. And so her job will be different, but she'll be working with the kids, trying to reorient them. Again, it's like, oh, okay, everything's, you're back in school, doesn't mean everything's back to normal, quote unquote. It's like, what has to happen now? How do we move through this particular thing that's happening? How do we reorient to the reality of this situation? You know, um, I think of moments in history. I, I think about these. I, I think about this kind of stuff um, a lot, maybe because I like history. But I think about big um, moments in time that we know about, like the black, like the plague in Europe, where you know, you know, half the earth two-thirds of the continent was wiped out, or um, the depression in this country, the Great Depression in the 30s. It was worldwide, but, you know, when you see the shows about the Dust Bowl and people, you know, living through things like that, or the world wars, or, or you know, Europe during, you know, the 30s and 40s and, and the devastation there, or, or Japan and um, at the end of World War II, that, that horrific experience. Um, uh, and what, seeing people, um, how did they deal with that? You know, it was all a period of transition. It's all a period of reorienting. There's this event, maybe, or just a slow ending and a moving into something new. It's like, I always, I do people, I always wonder, it's like, oh, okay, the plague is over now, then we go about a business. It's like, it didn't work that way. In fact, I'm reading a murder mystery now that takes place uh, like in 1947 in England, and they're still talking about being on rations, you know, and uh, because it doesn't, it's not, oh, war is over here, everything's back to normal. But people, we suffer when we get caught into that. I must have it the way it should be. And you see it in this country. You see it around the world. And the suffering it causes. And, and the violence that stems from that. Instead, recognizing that these things are slow. And what we have to do is just deal with what's here. The worldly winds. We deal with what, we work with what we're dealt. It can be incredibly painful, but we don't have to add suffering onto it, which I see time and time again. You know, this, uh, this uh, 
you know, we see how we are such conditioned creatures when we go through experiences like that. You know, it was a total, this global experience that so many people, that most people around the world had. Um, It was writ large, yet we still hold on to fixed ideas about shoulds and coulds and woulds. Um, um, I was, um, you know, and, and we each have a different story. My, I, during the pandemic for, I'm really grateful that I was, I'm okay. You know, I wasn't so, I was obviously impacted because we all were, but I was able to move through it. Um, my life didn't change all that much. I already wasn't not, I was kind of working from home. My husband's retired. Really grateful that we are um, in that place. Of course, there's the, um, there's the, the, the empathy and the awareness and the, the great sorrow. Um, but we aren't all uniform creatures going through the same thing at the same time, or our experiences are not all identical. Um, and I had great joy sometimes last year, as many people had great joy. You know, there was great sadness and great loss, but also um, coming and going. I mean, even I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I would go for walks in the neighborhood and there was a lot of chalk art, at least in my neighborhood back then with the kids were out there drawing all these beautiful things saying, we'll get through this together. And it was so beautiful. There was so much connection and and remember, I think New York, they started it, but other places did where people would go out at seven o'clock every night and bang their pots and pans in support of essential workers. And this coming and going and support and connection, um, there's there's constant movement, there's constant evolving. And, and I look back at my life one year ago or three years ago and 15 years ago, 30 years ago, there's there's all this movement, you know, there's always movement. When I'm in this place right here, I want fixed, I want steady, I want solid. But when you pull back and look, there's always shifting. Look at your life last year, two years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30 years. Shifting constantly, movement, constant transition, constant. Even when things we think are steady. You know, I, I was thinking about, I have a, my house is 80 years old and it's pretty solid, but it settles on its foundation and every once in a while I'll notice a crack in the ceiling or a crack in the wall, not because it's crumbling and falling apart, but it's settling and it's moving. It's like, you know, earthquakes, the earth is shifting. It's the earth is pretty solid. I mean, if you fall out of a, tree and you hit the earth you know it's pretty solid however if even that is moving um and shifting we just can't see it and you know nothing is solid everything is solid it is solid and it's not solid it's these whirling atoms um that work in ways that i couldn't possibly explain because i don't understand it i just take their word for it that they're you know they're there um Movement, always. So we have to um, recognize we're always in movement, always in transition. 
Things are always ending. Watch our clinging to the ending and the chasing the beginning. And be with what is and 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 um, the experiences that come from it. If we ignore the process that's happening all the time and chase the outcomes, we miss out on reality. We miss out on, on being fully present. So what's true right here? What's in this moment? This is this always reminds me when I think about this, or it reminded me of that story, that very famous Zen story that you probably all know about the the man who is being chased by the tiger and he gets to a precipice and you know and um there's a vine there that he hangs on or a branch and he's hanging on this branch and the tiger's like right there and he looks down and there's other tigers or jagged rocks down below so he can't let go and then he notices that there's mice nibbling on the vine so he's not going to be there that much longer and then he sees there's this strawberry growing from the vine and he just plucks it and eats it and says oh it's so sweet how lovely this strawberry is. That is the invitation to not miss what's right here. That that guy was very much in transition. <laughs> that was a place of transition. But he didn't miss it. He didn't miss it. You know? So watch um, watch when you're experiencing a need or a craving to fix, to get to, claw back, you know, this, this gotta, got this, you know, it's almost physical sometimes when you pay attention, the head forward, walking into a head when I got to get where I'm going. I got to get where I'm going. And instead of just say, you know what? You're going to get where you're going anyway. So be with the flow. When we're more in the, with the flow, um, we're going to go where we, we're going to go. I, and I don't want to say where we're supposed to, like it's faded or ordained, but it's um, it's much easier not to fight everything because when I'm stuck in fighting, it's because I have an idea of should and what it's supposed to look like. And instead, let me be open to what it does look like instead of what it's supposed to look like. And there's a there's a quote um, that kind of from the book that kind of goes along with that, and he says. Or Joanna Field, this woman says, I have an I began to have an idea of my life, not as the slow shaping of achievement to fit my preconceived purposes, but as the gradual discovery and growth of a purpose which I did not know. You know, we just kind of let go and let it take us. I had that experience a few years ago, 20, 25 years ago. When I quit a job without any idea of what I was going to do next, and I ended up doing something that I didn't know existed. And so if I had tried to figure it out, I would not have figured it out because I didn't know it, this thing existed as a thing you could do.
So I just was like, all right, I'm just going to do it because I needed to quit the job. It was the thing I had to do because I laid in bed thinking you know, I'd rather kill myself than go to work. So that was like, uh, and that even that didn't register until I told people that and they went, oh, that's not good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, um, delusion was strong in this one. And so I, you know, I ended up just like letting go. All right. I'm just going to let go and see what happens. And that's what happened. It was really extraordinary. You know, and then I, as a, I, I just saw this this afternoon, this, uh, a quote from D.H. Lawrence, the world fears a new experience more than it fears anything because a new experience displaces, displaces so many old experience. The world doesn't fear a new idea. It can pigeonhole any idea but it can't pigeonhole a real new experience. It tries. We try to pigeonhole experiences, create stories around it. It should fit. It's good. It's bad. This is not what's supposed to happen. This is what's supposed to happen. And instead, just be with the experience. Because when you're really truly with the experience, when you allow yourself to embody it, like you were mentioning with the practice, Donna, when you allow yourself to embody it and you're, you've cultivated this wisdom and this clarity that comes from mindfulness, that comes from insight, it becomes easier to find your way, especially when you have the container of the Dharma. You're, you allow yourself to be held by the Dharma and you just kind of move along with it. It's, it's very powerful doesn't mean stuff doesn't happen. It doesn't mean, you know, there's still those eight worldly winds. That, that's part of the Dharma, acknowledging that, that there's going to be pandemics and there's going to be these things and loss and joy and happiness and, and funny things and yummy fruit and, and great tragedy. But we are open to it. We're not chasing that. We don't need to get on to the next thing in order to be okay. It's like, we're okay right here. Just be right here. The transition is happening all the time. Be with the transition. Yeah, I have this note here. It says, um, it is a brave new world, but each day is. Each day is a new world. Each breath is a new world. With or without a pandemic or anything else that we hold up as having gotten in the way. Like a lot of things, it's like, oh, I put my life on hold because I had to do this. And it's like, no, this is your life. You know, I had to put all these things on the back burner and tend to this. And it's like, well, just shift it. It's, it's, it, I mean, in, in a certain semantic way, you can say that, but not to hold on to that as an idea. And it's like, oh, once I get past this, then I can go back to those things I put on hold. It's just allow it to, allow it to be what is. You're over here now. You're not over there. You don't have to get back to that. Be here. That was, that's the Ram Das book, right? Be Here Now, the famous book he wrote. So, 
those are my thoughts on a brave new world and how we're really just in transition and to 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 be with the transition be on that raft just kind of floating down the river I used to go tubing and the best way to do it was not fight it but just go with the flow really who knew who knew so thank you my friends for your your kind kind attention and uh, I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. And uh, I also have, uh, you know, uh, a couple of reflections you can take with you, like where's your craving for things to be the way they're supposed to be, or what are you bypassing, or how are you riding this wave, this transition? So those are those are those are questions also that you can uh, think about and. Um, take with you or or not take with you but reflect on or take with you one or the other I don't know thank you for visiting undefended dharma these teachings are freely offered however if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.